Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Amy Lynn Durham. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, great stuff. I'm really <laughs> pleased that you're here and having this conversation. I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, you are the CEO of Create Magic at Work. Uh, you're also a UC Berkeley uh, Certified Executive Coach. Uh, you spent many years in the corporate world uh, managing hundreds of employees, uh, whether it's the private and the public sector as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and your company, Create Magic at Work, has the intention to offer spiritual intelligence, we will come to that uh, later, and emotional intelligence tools to energize and transform the workplace. And we so need uh, workplaces to be energized and transformed right now. We really do. <laughs> um, and so the question which I always ask my guests, because I'm quite curious and I want to l- understand more about who they are, is what do you love about what you do? The, the number one thing that I love is when I'm with a client and I'm just going to say this, it sounds cheesy, but when I'm with a client and we both get the chills together, when there's a, a moment where you feel that connection and a breakthrough. So that's lately what I love, but I mean, I could tell you something different every day. I love all kinds of aspects of what I do. <laughs> I love doing so this it, right now. I love talking to, to you. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So getting the chills <laughs> is like, is that those aha moments that people have? Yeah. The aha moments where yes. the, the, the magic, the synchronicities that occur. Yeah. You're having that deep conversation and coaching that the universe just uses you as a vessel to serve other people. Mm. That's the best. And when, when did you... I'm, I'm so curious. When did you realize that that's what you like doing and how did you get into that? Yeah. Well, I can take you all the way back to when I was a corporate executive and I am a really creative person and working in the corporate environment, I really felt like my creativity was being stifled. I was inundated with Excel spreadsheets, data, all of those different things. And I could do that perfectly fine. But what ended up happening was I just felt like I couldn't be in that environment anymore and I had so much more to give. So I planned to leave my job for a year ahead of time and didn't tell anyone. And then what I did was I wanted to prove before I left that collaboration and human connection actually improves productivity. And I used my employees in a good way to do all of these connecting activities to make sure that when I resigned and when I left, that um, I left on top and proved what I could, what connecting other people together authentically could do in the workplace. Brilliant. So. And, and and how did you sort of get that place of connecting people? What, 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 what did you use it to do that? Well, I started personally, I was on a spiritual journey myself. Uh, and and we'll get, I know we'll get into the SQ piece of this, which is spiritual intelligence. But um, what I started to do was just connecting team build activities that had 
skill building for EQ and SQ involved, even though they didn't know it. Mm. So we would do intention setting and we would light it on fire and send it off to the universe. <laughs> we would do uh, going or we would we would do we would do s'mores together around a bonfire and share our favorite quote or our favorite uh, story that inspired us. But just each individual hearing those stories mm-hmm. brought the humanity out in each other. And so if somebody didn't really get along with each other on the team, they ended up working together on a project more amicably because of that. I, there's data out there that shows that close work relationships boost employee satisfaction by 50%. I was talking to someone the other day and they told me, you know what, the job that I had, they told me I wasn't allowed to really get to know my employees because HR wise, I think sometimes they operate from a space of fear of being sued for something Mm -hmm. as opposed to connecting employees. (laughs) And that really discouraged me because if you really look at the data, encouraging people to connect and have friendships at work actually improve your bottom line with your company. Mm. I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I wanted to. No, no, I like that. that tangent. We're going to come back to that. Um, and yeah. you mentioned the word uh, spiritual intelligence and SQ. And as mm-hmm. we just talked before we came online, there's lots of Qs out there, you know, the IQ, EQ. Yeah. And, um, you know, the IQ is all about that. It's almost like that, how you think, the logic, your intelligence, which there's a lot of focus on schools about that, um, which is it's not all about mm-hmm. that. EQ is that more, being more self-aware, that emotional intelligence and, and the more the mm-hmm. feeling aspects. And we know that that's really important. So spiritual intelligence it has been around a while, um, but I don't yeah. think it's talked about that much, really. Um, so I'd really like to understand a bit more about for our audience, um, wh- how would you define spiritual intelligence mm-hmm. and and how that can be effective in uh, knowing that effective in organizations as well? Sure. So you you nailed it with the different definitions. IQ is I think, EQ is I feel, SQ is I am. And if you think of a pyramid, the way I like to describe it is the bottom of the pyramid is PQ, which is kind of your physical intelligence. Next in the pyramid would be IQ, then EQ, then SQ would be the top. There's different theories about about it, but this is one way I like to paint the picture. So let's say you're born and this ties into the adult development theory. And you have to learn how to walk. You have to learn how to crawl. You have to learn how to feed yourself. That's developing your PQ. IQ, you go to school, you learn to read and write, something like that. EQ in the adult development theory is sort of around your early 20s, where your brain actually has the capacity to start really exhibiting compassion for others. And then SQ is around your early to mid 30s. Typically, we're human, so there's going to be exceptions, right? And that's where you are exploring your life purpose, your values what kind of ripple effect are you going to leave on the world? What do you want written on your tombstone? There's a few definitions of SQ out there. Uh, One of them who designed the SQ 21 assessment, Cindy Wigglesworth, her definition is the ability to maintain wisdom and compassion regardless of the situation. (laughs) And I, I love sharing that definition because it's a tall order for us as human beings to maintain wisdom and compassion um, 
and calmness, regardless of the situation we're in. Mm-hmm. There, there's a philosopher and a physicist. Her name's Dana Zohar. She does a ton of work in the SQ spiritual intelligence space. And her definition is one of the many is the ability to set your day-to-day concerns aside and operate from a space of higher motivation mm-hmm. or your higher self. So with SQ, with spiritual intelligence, it's not, it's not religion. It's a faith neutral system designed for the workplace. And it's a system that highly developed leaders can get into once they've explored EQ, where they are operating from their higher self in the workplace. You don't have to believe in anything. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. As long as you believe that you have this place within you that you can access Mm -hmm. that comes from wisdom, compassion, love, you can work on SQ. Okay, I've got a number of questions on what you've just said there, actually. Okay. Um, so you talked about this um, the adult learning theory. Is that right you said? Uh, it's the adult development theory. Uh, sorry, adult yeah. development theory, where you went from sort of the PQ, IQ, uh, EQ through to SQ and through the yeah. ages. Are you saying that you can't develop spiritual intelligence so you're in your 30s based on that? <laughs> Or, and then also then you said, there's another question, and, I sh- and that's not good to give you two questions. You have to have EQ before you can have SQ. Okay, so we're all human. So I'm not going to give a black and white answer on that because everybody's different. So I'm not saying that you can only develop SQ in your 30s, but typically the way that your brain develops as a human being, that's mm-hmm. when you can art- start accessing those parts of your brain or in our lives where we really start thinking about what our life purpose is. Why am I here? Why am I on this planet? What was I, what did I come here? What am I meant to do? Am I really meant to do what my parents told me I should be doing? Or do I have a desire within me to pursue something else that leaves an impact on the world? Mm. Typically, statistically, that tends to occur in your early to mid thirties. But like I said, we're all human beings, so there's always exceptions. And yeah, I mean, you can skip EQ to SQ. You don't have to say I'm super well-versed in emotional intelligence and now I'm going to move to spiritual intelligence. Some people might not even study EQ and still have those skills within them that they've developed in their life. The EQ skills of being self-aware of my emotions, having an emotional management strategy, being able to build connections with others, those are all EQ skills. You don't have to attend an EQ class to have that. And then you can move into the SQ space. And then I take it to like a daily example. Let's take that pyramid that I talked about. Let's say you didn't sleep last night and you didn't eat breakfast this morning and you don't feel good your PQ is not hitting your physical intelligence. How are you going to access your higher self, that place of wisdom and compassion in making sound judgment decisions as a CEO or as a top leader in your company? Mm. If you haven't even hit your, your PQ for the day, it's, it's a lot more difficult. And as Ariana Huffington is famous for saying, you know, when you're in those leadership roles, you're getting paid for your judgment, not your stamina. So 
Yeah. So this is important to have a holistic view on <clears throat> how we develop ourselves and how leaders develop in, in the context of an organization, isn't it? And making sure you talk about that physical aspects and whether that's your mental well-being and your, um, you know, making sure you're getting the right sleep, uh, eating well, nutrition, exercise is really vital. Because uh, I think it's often forgotten about. I think people concentrate so much on the uh, the EQ of life and, and interacting with their team. Um, actually, they've got to look after themselves uh, physically and emotionally. Um, how can we, you talk about accessing this um, spiritual intelligence and as our brain develops, which mm -hmm. is interesting, how might we access it? How, how might we develop it and become more spiritually intelligent? Well, I can give you a couple of, of examples. So you can think of it like, we'll go back to the PQ, <laughs> weightlifting at the gym. You want to start with smaller weights before you can get to the big ones and build up your muscle. So your spiritual intelligence muscles, right? And there's different, there's 21 skills in the SQ21 that you can choose to work on. I kid you not, <laughs> almost every high level leader that I work with that takes the SQ21 assessment with me and does the debrief with me, they always want to dive into skill 19. And skill 19 in the SQ21 is making compassionate and wise decisions. And that gives me hope for workplaces and mm -hmm. toxic workplace cultures. The, there's many different ways that you can develop that skill. I'll just dive into that skill as an example. Mm. Some leaders are very passionate about what they do. And what ends up happening is they tip to the side where they're judging a lot. And they forget to stay curious. It's a big executive coaching thing, right? No judgment, stay curious, ask yeah. meaningful questions. And that's a huge coaching moment when we talk about making compassionate and wise decisions. And some of these leaders are in really amazing spaces to make social change. But then they forget to try to put themselves in the other person's shoes. So we grew reframing. I'll give you a story. I had a leader that said somebody ditched or left them on a project that was due two days before they just didn't do it and said, and, and basically left them hanging. Mm. They were so upset. They were angry. They were triggered in the workplace and they just, how could somebody do this? You just don't do this at work. And so stay curious, ask meaningful questions. What could have happened in that person's life? That's the weightlifting part, right? What could have happened in that person's life? that made them do this? What's the story you're telling yourself in your mm -hmm. head? And can you write a new story with compassion and wisdom? And if maybe those same things happened to you in your life, would you have behaved the same way? And then you can keep going all the way up the ladder there. So that's one example. Then you can go to the opposite extreme of making compassionate wise decisions. Some leaders take on everybody's stuff. They're over empathetic. They're listening to everybody's complaints and they're taking on everything and they don't have any boundaries and they're not being compassionate and wise to themselves. And so we work on that setting proper boundaries to take care of yourself. That was a long answer, but no, no, no. And I like that, that, that curiosity piece where actually just stopping for a moment and 
being curious to why somebody's done something uh, and, and trying to get into almost their, their brain, their heart, their mind, everything to understand their perspective, I guess, and might mm-hmm. give you that realisation of, of where they've come from, which creates that sort of not only the compassion for that situation for them, but also the perhaps the wisdom that you didn't quite have at the start because you were just looking at it in one dimension. Um, no, I really like that. And is there any other sort of skill that you want to highlight in that 21 um, seems a lot, a lot of skills to work through, but um, uh, are the yeah. ones that you think are really important right now in the in the context of we're in a I'm not talking just on COVID and talking about people thinking about going back to a hybrid work way of working, an agile way of working, whatever. It's it's still quite fluid now, and I know we sort of got a bit more used to it. And what what sort of skills out of the SQ that you've got that would be really helpful to sort of hone a bit more as well now? The first two quadrants are like inner self-growth. And then the final three are when other people start noticing, wow, I, I'm calm in Julian's presence. So there's being a calm and healing presence. I'll, I'll, I'll dive into that one because <laughs> a lot of people are triggered right now from the different stresses that mm. are occurring. And I, you can pick one skill to work on for an entire year. That's what I did. I picked, I I scored a little bit lower than I would have liked. I'll just tell you my story on being a common healing presence. You know, I used to work in a very competitive corporate environment. I'm feisty. And when my score came back, I was like. I wouldn't have thought you were feisty. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm supposed to be the SQ coach. I'm supposed to be the common healing presence, you know? Yeah. And so when you pick a skill to work on, the universe will rise up for you and give you many opportunities to work on it. And this year when I chose that, I didn't really take that into account. And I have lost my center on more than one occasion. And I was laying in bed one night, just beating myself up over it. Why, you know, I'm not being a common healing presence. And I had this picture in my mind that I was supposed to be this yoga, Zen Dao, you know, meditating in a cave. And I just had this moment where I was like, I don't have to be that to be a common healing presence. If everyone else can be in my space, in my energetic space, and operate from their higher selves, that means I'm a common healing presence. If people are not, if I'm not attracting drama and it's falling away from me, and if people can show up mm. and feel like they can come from their place of wisdom, compassion, and love with humor and fun, whatever it may be, then I feel like I've achieved that. And that was a turning point for me. That's another skill in, in the SQ21, being a wise and effective change agent. Those are some of the big CEO, HR leaders. Those are the ones they really try to hone in on is the social mastery piece where mm. they can create these ripple effects within their organization and transform toxic workplace cultures, frankly. so Yeah, and I, and I guess if I heard it right, each of those skills and how you might or develop it, uh, depending on your your score from that assessment, um, will manifest very differently to each person because we're obviously we're all individual. And the fact the the common healing presence from your perception was, well, been all about being Zen and yoga and all that. Actually, that actually wasn't the case, <laughs> and 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 it doesn't have to be because we manifest it differently. I guess is that is that the case? Absolutely. I had a client the other day that was beating themselves up because they wanted to meditate more and they weren't. That was, that's not the point of meditation is to stress yourself out more for not doing it. 
because you set a goal to do it. (laughs) So what's meditation to you? Taking a walk in nature. Perfect. Go do that. I'm going to, I'm going to plan when I take a shower to reset myself. Great. Picture all your negative energy washing down the drain while you're in the shower. Mm. Um, It's, it's, it's whatever works for you. It's not a prescription for everybody, but what's your self prescription? Mm. And SQ21 kind of dives into that. And there could be some skills that you're like, I don't even care about that. Great. We'll go to the one you care about. (laughs) And obviously SQ, as we talked about, it's knowing this I am piece, which is a little bit Mm. of the knowing your purpose and your why. Um, And I, I don't know if you know, there's an NLP technique, which is called logical levels. And mm-hmm. it's all about, it takes it goes from your out outside environments, your skills, behaviors, your values, beliefs, through to your um, mission and I oh, sorry identity, then mission and what's your your mm-hmm. why bits. And I often do with clients get them clarity and take them from beyond their values and beliefs and through to their their core of who they are, and they come out with almost like a almost like a mission statement and their why basically is that would be the the bedrock or the principle of spiritual intelligence is is knowing that purpose that I, mean, would, I know i know purpose is talked about a lot right now but mm-hmm. is that really important that is uh one of the skills in the self-awareness piece where you're separating your ego from your higher self and that is great that you are walking through that process you know understanding someone's values that's a skill in sq is under the awareness of your own values. Have you done a values exercise? Have you ranked them? Are you living by them? All of those things, because that sets you up to when you're in a life situation and you need to make a decision, you can go back to your stack ranked values and Mm -hmm. say, okay, is this in alignment with the season I am in my life right now? And then it helps you live a happier, more peaceful life because you're you're taking action that's aligned with what you your mind said you were doing. Mm. So yeah, that's one of the skills. Um, And yeah, you can take that and you can do that same exercise with companies. We don't, we want a new mission. We want to know what our values are. Great. You can do that same exercise as a company, a company is an entity, it's energy. It's a, it's Mm. a group of people. So you can do that, do that as well. Okay. Really good stuff. Yeah. And, and just, I suppose, building upon that right now, what are your thoughts on how, people are quite obviously stressed at the moment and how understanding more about your higher intelligence as spiritual intelligence mm-hmm. would really help them right now in terms of developing organizations to be, I suppose, more in a thriving mindset as opposed to surviving. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things that I've been seeing with leadership. One is they are taking on everyone else's work to try to alleviate the stress for others and then they're burning themselves out. The other is they are (laughs) seemingly giving extra time off or what would look like are perks to take breaks, but then they're still requiring the same workload from individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever the strategy is, if you do not have a strategy to create connection, authentic connection, whether it's on Zoom, or in person now, you are not going to thrive as a company mm. compared to your competitors. Pre-COVID, 
Harvard Business Review came out with an article that said they have discovered, it was a research article, that they have discovered that people are feeling burnt out, not because of their workload sometimes, but because they feel lonely. And the healthcare costs of loneliness and disconnection are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So if you think this stuff is woo woo, <laughs> or if you think you, you don't want to do it <laughs> during regular business hours, you're really, really missing out. I, because engaged workplaces see 41% less absenteeism mm. that hits your company profits right there. So I say do a lot of connecting activities that elevate EQ and SQ. Mm. And wh why is why is SQ not been as widely sort of talked about? I, some of the mm -hmm. stuff you talk about it, people are doing and accessing mm -hmm. purpose and being more present. And they are accessing those aspects, but it's not being mm -hmm. packaged as SQ. And I, I'm just curious mm -hmm. why that's the case, really. Yeah, I think because of the word spiritual. Right. I think that like HR leaders tend to shy away from it because it's, oh, we can't talk about religion in the workplace because they don't understand that it's a faith neutral system. And if you really dive into it deeply, Dana Zohar has a book called Quantum Leadership and it really takes it next level. She, she says SQ is almost taking you into quantum leadership where mm -hmm. you understand that chaos and mistakes breed creativity and innovation. And mm. it's the coolest thing because it's just turning the tables on what she calls Newtonian management where everybody mm. there's, you do this, this, and this, and then you have an outcome. And if you make a mistake, you did the wrong thing and blah, blah, blah. And then it ties into the perfectionism piece where we beat ourselves mm. up because we're trying to be perfect. So unhealthy. And this is just the coolest thing that's coming out into workplaces that are really getting it is creativity and innovation come from chaos and mistakes. And if you understand that as a leader, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Because I, I always, I talk to a lot of my uh, clients and talk about failure and I don't say, I don't say it's actually failure. It's actually just feedback. You just need to modify, change, adapt, do something differently, take a learning from it. Don't worry about it didn't happen. Um, a, it might be in a timing. It may be a resource thing. Let's explore what it is. And I guess that really builds well into resilience, doesn't it? And, you know, I think last year, I, I call it the year of resilience because I think we've been resilient as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a world. And now we're moving more into agility and need to be more flexible and adaptable. So would you think having higher SQ, you, SQ would create that higher sense of resilience? Oh, absolutely. Because you're open to outcome, but you're not attached to it. It puts you in that higher self space. I love that phrase, open to <laughs> outcome, but not attached to it. It's, yeah, it's it's from Dr. Angelise Arian. She's an anthropologist that studied societies all over the world and came up with four, the four universal communication principles. And if you practice the, the skills of SQ, it actually elevates your universal communication principles. You can connect with anyone. And the, one of them is open to outcome, not attached to it. Another one is show up and choose to be present. Pay attention to what has heart and meaning. Tell the truth without blame or judgment. Those are Brilliant. all four Brilliant of them. Stuff. Wow. You're, you're packing it today, um, Amy, with um, <laughs> great stuff there. And, and just before we finish, you were going to do a... a 
an exercise for us. So oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes, that would be great. Okay, to so we talked about connecting activities for the workplace. This is something you can do with your team via Zoom. Um, just journal together. And you don't have to use, I have a journal prompt card deck for the workplace for career. And I'm going to pull a message for your audience. If you're listening, no matter when you're listening to this, this message is for you. Each card has an affirmation and then it has two questions for you to journal or uh, think about. So let me tap into your audience here. I'm gonna pull a card, this one's coming out. Oh goodness. Authenticity. Authenticity. Yes, this theme is coming up quite a bit. So the affirmation on it is I bring my whole self to all situations, including work. This is so synchronistic because we were just talking about this. The questions to think about are what are my values? And what are two actions I will take this week that match my beliefs? Wow, brilliant stuff. That's fantastic. There's the chills, right? <laughs> we were yeah, just talking absolutely. about that. I just got the little. No, that's so. fantastic. That sums up yeah. this um, episode so well. And um, I do thank you for being on. And I'm sure people want to connect with you, Amy. How can they get in touch with you? And also just tell a little bit about your book as well. You've written as well. That'd be appreciate that. Sure. So my book is Create Magic at Work. And part of the book has a section called Journaling with a Twist. So these journal cards are a companion to that for the workplace. You can connect with me at createmagicatwork.net. Please connect with me on LinkedIn under Amy Lynn Durham. I actually pull a card each week for the workplace and share a video for everyone. So if you're interested in that, follow me there. But everything Create Magic at Work and then Amy Lynn Durham on LinkedIn. Brilliant. I, I, I thank you for your time today. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I love that message at the end as well and all what you've shared throughout this time. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope we sent some magic to everyone today. I'm sure we did. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.